The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Appleton Sin Shu Chu Mouthful Welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net and writer over at SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. Uh, my co-host run a little late today, so we will get the show rolling without him, but not a big deal. So, wow, man, what a uh, what a busy, busy week three of the preseason it was. Um, Lots of injuries to talk about, major injuries to talk about more than anything. And then we've got, you know, just random news and notes and tidbits from the NFL that are still lingering around, uh, such as the the Zeke Elliott suspension appeal. And then after that, what we're going to get into today is some players that are rising and falling up the draft boards as we get close to the start of the regular season here. And, um, you know, not the obvious guys, not the, not the ones that have fallen because they're injured or their replacement, you know, we'll get into those when we talk about the, the injury, the injured players, but I'm talking about guys that are rising up in draft, the, the draft boards because of their performance or their lack of performance, I should say. Um, so with, with, with that being, uh, you know, with that being said, let's just, let's just kind of get to it here. And actually my, uh, my co-host is actually just jumped in. So let's bring him on. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Uh, not too much, man. Just, um, you know, trying to get this show rolling here. Uh, you know, looking forward to the start of the season. I got, we got our fantasy six pack draft tomorrow. I got two more next week. I had one last weekend. Um, so it's been good, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've got I've got ours tomorrow, and then I've got basically Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. <laughs> nice man, yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely a busy draft season here, um, and you know, honestly, uh, I'm glad I have waited as long as I have on most of my drafts. Obviously, I had Scott Fishbowl early and that's what everybody does with that league it's a huge league so he's got to get that done early i understand that um had the one a little earlier past weekend but the weekend before but then everything else is after this week three of the preseason which is the way i like it man and honestly i kind of wish everything was after this weekend because i don't know if you're aware but the big thing this season that's going to be different from the seasons in the past is that we're going to see guys that are cut um, like they they are 
dropping the rosters all the way down from 90 to 53 this Saturday. And so we're going to see guys cut that we did not see coming. I mean, every year we kind of see one or two, but I feel like this year is going to be completely different. I mean, we're seeing teams like the Jets and the Bills and Cleveland just go, it seems like, in full Philadelphia 76ers tank mode, man. Like, it is crazy what they are doing. And so I would not be one bit surprised if we see guys like Matt Forte get cut. And, I mean, not that a lot of people are relying on Matt Forte, but, man, it it's uh, – it's getting to that level where I think we're going to be shocked, like really shocked this year. Well, yeah. And I mean, Forte is a great example because if you think about it, you know, he's, he's in a good tandem there with, with the Lau Pal, you know, Pal kind of emerged last year and a lot of people are just flat out giving him the job. But I mean, if, is that what the jets want to do? And they're just going to cut bait with, with a, quality back and forte i mean i know he's not what he used to be but he's still serviceable back and and better than a lot of the guys in the league i feel like so it's definitely going to be interesting for sure yeah so so with, with that said here you know i i kind of i kind of named this show our, our our final countdown here and so as fitting as it is I had a I had a cut version of this better, but we'll get to it. Man, such a long intro. Terrible radio. Here we go. So naturally, I had to bring in the final countdown just for this show. Because this is, man, this is the final countdown for the regular season. Week four doesn't matter. Week four does not matter at all. And if anybody thinks that it does, they're fooling you. So, with that said, let's get to it, man. Let's start with these injuries. Julian Edelman, yeah, Spencer Ware, Cam Meredith. Three big-time injuries. Julian Edelman, yeah, let's start there. I, I what, mean, Edelman, um, Edelman was a keeper for one of the guys in, in, my one, in the league that I run, and He's not obviously not keeping him now. Uh, he was like, oh, well, do I need to still draft him and, and keep him this year to be able to keep him next year? Or am, am I going to be forced to, to draft him again next year? I was like, no, 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 no. If you don't keep him this year, you do not have to draft him. But you can draft him later than when you would have actually kept him at this point, throw him on your IR spot, and then you could have them at an even better value next year. But, I mean, this is such a huge blow to that offense. So, yes, it is. I mean, it, it, it depends on who's going to, you know, jump in now. I mean, we, we kind of already thought that, that Brandon Cooks was going to get the lion's share, you know, of the receiver targets. Um, I, I still think Edelman would have gotten his had he been there. But, uh, I mean, I see you've got Hogan and Amendola listed here. Um, I I can definitely see Hogan getting more than Amendola uh, just because I feel like Brady might trust him more, even though he's probably been with both of them about the same amount of time. But, I mean, Actually, Amendola so, – well, yeah, go ahead. So, so it's interesting you say that, and – 
a report that uh, you know came out last week after the injury or this weekend after the injury is that you know Brady when when asked about who he was going to you know throw to seemed to seemed to go directly to Amendola that's the first name he he said and and I can't find the quote right now I wish I could um yeah so here it is Brady talked a lot about trust when asked about losing Julian Edelman for the season and Amendola was the name and Amendola's name was the first out of his mouth and then in quotes obviously with Danny I've had a, I've had that with Danny Brady said Danny has been such a great player for us the quarterback also said Chris Hogan had a great camp Brandon Cooks has done a good job and he has a lot of trust in Malcolm Mitchell but you know, and, and this report says the same thing. But, you know, I think the thing to take away from there is, you know, he mentions Amendola's name first and that, you know, it's a guy that he could definitely trust and it's a guy that, he, you know, look, that's that's one thing with Brady. Like, Brady wants you where he wants you, when he wants you there. If you're not, he's not going to throw you the ball anymore. So, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, though. I kind of think it's Cooks, number one, easy. And then – I think it's Hogan. I think Hogan's a better playmaker. I think you're going to see more out of him. But Amendola's going to have his. Like, don't get me wrong. Amendola's going to get his. I just think the one-two is going to be Cooks Hogan. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it is interesting that he says that, and it basically completely refutes what I just said. But yeah. I, I do think uh, – I, I understand him having the trust in Amendola because we've, we have seen some big games out of Amendola, you know, over the past couple of years, but it, that's just it. It's, it's like a big game here and nothing for two or three weeks, a, another big game and then nothing for another week or two. So I, I just, I, I find it hard to, to really believe anything because new England is so, you know, feed every single person there and and they switch up their game plan every week, it seems like, as far as who's going to be the main guy to get stuff, whether it's a running back, you know, the receivers or what. So, I mean, if Gronk stays healthy, I I, I just really see him and, and Cooks taking the lead here and maybe, maybe James White kicking in on uh, on passing downs. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that that's something interesting too. You brought up, you know, you brought up James White. You know, could these running backs just kind of take the place of Amendola? I mean, they've got a bunch of like little scat back guys. You know, like it's besides Gillisley, you know, it's James White. Um, blinking on the guy from a couple of years ago that was awesome. Deion Lewis. Yeah, Deion Lewis. I mean, and they got Burkhead you know, too. So. Yeah, Burkhead. I mean, like all these guys can just kind of come out of the backfield and basically play slot receiver. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Like I, I picked up Hogan in a league that he wasn't drafted in <laughs> right after the Edelman news came out. I just went and snagged him. Uh, I needed a receiver too, so that worked. So. Anyway, moving on here, man. Probably the the news that made. A, a bit more splash on Twitter, although Edelman was definitely up there, was the Spencer Ware injury. And, you know, torn ACL or torn PCL out for the year. Um, 
clearly all eyes on Kareem Hunt now. And he, you know, even Andy Reid has said Kareem Hunt's going to get his first shot at being the the workhorse for the for the Chiefs, and that's that's a good thing for Hunt, a really good thing for Hunt. I mean, as we've seen in the past, Andy Reid loves to ride his number one running back into the ground, basically, and I mean, we. We're not trusting Sharkandrick West at this point, right? I mean, and I think C.J. Spiller, I mean, no. Like, this is not happening, right? I mean, this is all Kareem Hunt and Kareem Hunt only. Yeah, I don't I don't really even see Spiller making a dent. Um, I mean, he just hasn't been productive in his entire NFL career, I feel like. Maybe a little bit in Buffalo, but since then, he's just been brutal. And, and injuries have really held him up. Um, I mean, Sarkandrick West, again, we've seen him fill in in the past, and he's been pretty serviceable at times. But I just I think that, that Reed's going to, you know, take this opportunity, get Hunt the playing time, and, and literally let him run with it. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, look, he has shot up my draft board – um, he's all the way at that end of the second, early third round type of pick for me at this point. You know, you're not going to find a lot of guys that really don't have the competition, you know, at all, like Hunt does, in, in my opinion. So I'm I'm all in on, on Kareem Hunt, you know, just the same way as I am with another guy that we're going to mention a little later in, in the show. So I don't want to spoil anything, but uh couple of guys that are shooting up the draft board there for different reasons, but Hunt is definitely a guy I'm eyeing in drafts, not to give anything away in my league for tomorrow night. Uh, (laughs) uh, The third injury, the biggest, you know, this one not quite on the level as the first two, but Cam Meredith goes down. Terrible injury, man. You know, people are comparing it to, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. Who knows what's going to happen to Cam Meredith. Sucks for me. I had him in the dynasty league. I was kind of relying on him as being, you know, maybe my third, fourth receiver um, after um, Pryor and Tate. So Cam Meredith would have been a good fill-in for my three, four receiver there. I mean, we got Kevin White, who's been injured his first two years, hasn't done squat. We got Kendall Wright, who's been pretty good had a good year last year but then I mean you're looking at their quarterbacks Mike Glennon rookie Mr. Trubisky I mean are are we excited about any of these guys I mean clearly they're 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 both going super late in drafts I mean are you going to take a flyer willing to take a flyer on any of these guys I mean, depending on how my drafts fill out, I, I might be willing to take a flyer on right, or I'm sorry, on white, Ken, Kevin White. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, he, uh, I mean, he's very intriguing. I mean, he was like really touted when they got him a couple of years ago. And, you know, he's just been completely slowed up by these injuries. You know, if he can come in healthy and, be a nice 
safety blanket for, for these quarterbacks, you know, I think he could get a lot of production. Um, a lot of the stuff I've been reading leans on, you know, this helping out Jordan Howard even more. Um, but I really think it's going to depend on, on this quarterback play. I don't know if I see um, Trubisky playing a whole lot this year unless something happens to Glennon, but, you know, I think he's going to try to be there to learn and, and just take it all in and, and maybe get some time towards the end of the season. But I mean, hopefully at this point, those, those guys will be able to help him out. I mean, you still got Zach Miller there, you know, he's, he's a good um, serviceable tight end. So he, he's had some really good games in the past as well. You know, I, I maybe he gets an uptick, but, I mean, this is a team all in general that I'm just kind of trying to avoid. Yeah, I hear you, man. And, and actually, I, I'm probably going to avoid Jordan Howard at this point. I, it's funny you brought his name up. I was going to ask you about him as well. I think this is bad news for Jordan Howard. I think teams are going to realize that they got nothing. They got nothing. And they're just going to stack the box, man. It almost It almost reminds me of a Todd Gurley situation where Todd Gurley had an amazing rookie season came back. Everybody was all high on him, but there's just nothing around him and yeah. he's going to get, he's going to get shut down and there's going to be nothing he can do about it. There's nothing to fault Jordan Howard's ability. Just like everybody agrees that Gurley's still a Supreme back. He's just got nothing around him. Maybe things are better for Gurley this year, but things are not going to be better for Jordan Howard this year like they were last year. I mean, they still had Cam Meredith last year. They still had Alshon every now and then. You know, they had they had the ability to throw the ball downfield last year. They don't have that ability this year. Um, unless Kevin White surprises everybody. I think that's the only way it happens. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, moving on here to some news and notes. I mentioned during the intro here that this Zeke suspension appeal is just dragging on. Apparently the guy, like one of the witnesses wasn't available until tomorrow. So they're dragging it out until tomorrow. I don't know when there's going to be a, a decision made, but I mean, it dude, it's very possible that Zeke plays week one at this point because the NFL takes their time with this kind of stuff. Um, and then even after that, like there's still word that there's still rumors that he's going to push it into court. I I don't know. I still kind of want nothing to do with Zeke unless he falls to like the fourth, fifth round. But I mean, he's not going to, somebody is absolutely going to take him in the second round in every single draft I'm in it. It's somebody in my 10 team league a week ago took him in the first round. I think he had a brain fart and forgot he was suspended, but still like that kind of thing is happening. People are just optimistic that this, he's going to fight. People think it's a Tom Brady situation where he's going to fight it for a whole year. And like it could definitely happen, but I don't know. I'm not willing to take that risk. I mean, cause if you're wrong, you just lost your first or second round pick for seven weeks. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a That's lot. Bad. And we talked about that. I mean, what do you do with Zeke at this point? I mean, it's tough to stay away from him, but I I just, the same thing. I just don't see him 
falling to these third, fourth rounds that, you know, some of these uh, experts and stuff were, were predicting once this news first broke. Um, and I think, like I said, on one of the other episodes, you know, it, it could turn out where this becomes a Brady scenario and he tries to push the appeal and it doesn't go through until next year. Um, so it's just going to be, it's such a fluid situation and it, and it's really, um, you know, difficult for, for fantasy owners and, and managers. So I hope that they get this squared away tomorrow. I think regardless, he's going to appeal it. Um, or, or is he in the appeal right now? That's what it is. They're dragging out. So he's in the appeal. Okay. So now he might like if if it doesn't, you know, if he doesn't get what he wants, then I've heard that him and his lawyers and the Cowboys are going to fight it into court. In the courts, okay. kind of like what Tom Brady did. Yeah. And so I don't know. It this is just this is getting out of hand. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a circus right now, and I mean. It's it's almost what you come to expect from from Jerry Jones, but I, I know that this isn't really his doing. But um, oh, he's completely backing him. Like oh, he, is saying, he, is. he is saying flat out, there is no evidence, none, none at all against him. It's like, have you seen the evidence? I'm pretty sure I've heard that the NFL has not turned over any evidence to you. So how do you know there's no evidence? Are you just thinking because they haven't turned any over to you that there is none? Because you're probably wrong. I don't think the NFL is crazy enough to suspend somebody for nothing. They're, they have to have something, right? I mean, they don't just suspend somebody because they feel like it. Yeah. As much as we all kind of hate the NFL for doing things like, you know, like – overdoing it or underdoing it sometimes when it comes to these things. I don't think they ever have just been like, ah, we just felt like suspending Empress. It didn't, it didn't feel right. They never do that. Yeah. I don't think that, that that's the case here. Um, I mean, I know Goodell is hated by almost all the players um, and, and a lot of fans too, but I don't think he'd be that stupid to go out and like further tarnish his already less than stellar, you know, uh, persona. So I think there's gotta be something. And I feel like that might've been the, the whole issue. I can't remember which case it was, if it was the Brady case or if it was the Adrian Peterson one where they finally turned over this evidence and then it got out and it was like this huge issue. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see why they would go with such a steep penalty if they didn't have evidence. Yeah. Maybe it's it's the Ray Rice one I'm thinking of because this, you know, his was like, Oh, well, okay, well, we're not sure what we're going to do. And then the elevator thing came out. I don't think the NFL released it, but TMZ or whoever the hell did. So, you know, once that was out, it was, it was so damning, you know, it, it ended his career, obviously. So I don't know if that's the, the magnitude of whatever this evidence is against Zeke, but I mean, you just heard all these different little chippy things going on in the off season with him. And it's like, okay, well, what the hell's going on? 
you know, it just gives them more reason to, to get a finer tooth comb and look, look at him harder and, you know, really dig into it. So if that's what yep. they did and this is what they have now, well, sorry, pal. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I don't know. Anyway, move it on here, man. Um, Andrew Luck, it's pretty much guaranteed at this point that he's missing week one. There's a lot of talk out there that he's going to miss more than week one, but nobody really knows. I mean, he hasn't been practicing, you know, nothing coming out of Indianapolis is good. It's not bad, but it's not good. Uh, I mean, (laughs) Chuck Pagano's quote is, we're moving forward with the guys we have and the guys who are practicing. I'm not a bookie. I'm not an odds maker, but I'm not allowed to put numbers on it as far as like him when he's going to come back. Um, that doesn't sound good, man. That doesn't sound good at all. That's not bad, but it's not good. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like, I'm running as far away as I can from Andrew Luck. I don't think you can risk it, man. Cause even like, dude, even when he comes back, even if it's like week three or four, he's going to be rusty who knows that that shoulder is fully healed? I, I'm just, and and like how easily could he re-injure it? It's it's not good, man. I'm running away. I uh, I don't I don't want anything to do with this situation either. Um, you know, unless for whatever reason it was the end of my draft and I decided to take a flyer on him for that potential late round keeper for the following year. But I just hope for his sake, you know, that they don't sacrifice his health to bring him back too soon. And maybe that's why this has been such a, you know, up and down. Nobody knows what exactly is going on situation um, because they just don't want to like, you know, they don't want to put too much out there, but that way if they did, you know, or, or if they let it out that, you know, he wasn't as injured and then turns out later that he really was and they played him through it, you know, it just looks bad for them. Yeah. I mean, the thing you got to think about here too, though, is not just Andrew Luck. Like, look, it's easy not to draft Andrew Luck. But it's how what what's the effect on T. Y. Held? What's the effect on Moncrief and Gore and you know, all these guys on the team, Swope and everybody. And I know we've briefly talked about it, especially with Swope, but I mean T. Y. Hilton was a second round pick in most leagues. But I don't I don't know what his ADP is now, but I'm pretty sure it's not like that now. I mean you take him in no, the third he's, round? He's take gotta be dropping. Round? I might take a flyer on him in the fourth, but I really just don't want to. Uh, I don't know if I want to take that risk. I mean, fourth round is still a lot of good talent on the board. And not to say that he doesn't have the talent, but a lot of his talent is helped by having a, a healthy Andrew Luck, uh, you know, under center. So I, I think. Uh, I think I'm I'm probably staying away from him altogether, and Moncrief definitely. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator, and at the end of July, he was definitely like middle second round. He's all the way down to the middle of the like the beginning of the third round, beginning to mid third round, three point oh four, and I don't really know if I could take him there because. Dude, their their backup Tolzien, he's not he's bad. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna happen with him. So it's yeah, it's it's definitely definitely something that you know you got to keep an eye on as late into the draft season as you can draft and and hopefully you get some good news from Andrew Luck. But it's not looking good right now. Speaking of some more interesting news, we've talked about this guy two weeks in a row now. Once was, it's not looking good. Once was, oh, now he's back. And now he's not again. The Eagles are apparently now looking for an upgrade to the Garrett Blunt. I got a guy. I got a guy. His name, Ryan Matthews. Stud running back. They need to bring him in the fold. He'll be, oh, wait, wait, what's that? He, he already played there. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. him early? oh, oh. How about that? sorry, I was on my on the phone with a friend from home. Um, what, what, yeah, what the hell is going on here? I, I mean, I, the I guy think the had realized that they brought in a guy who fit the Patriot system perfectly and does not fit their system at all. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know if if he was ever going to fit, but he's a big power back and. You know, they saw all those touchdowns, I mean, and and the production that he had inside the, the five. So, yeah, why not take a flyer on the guy? I mean, he was sitting out there for long enough. It, it was it's, it's really kind of like, you know, our fantasy drafts where we're in, in a league that's kind of goofy and the people draft real weird and, and they're all going for something. And you're like, well, why are you – why are that? Why is all this talent just sitting here? Why? 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 Okay, fine. I'll take this guy, and then they burn you. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't know what's what to think of this. I mean, it definitely bumps Smallwood up. Um, I think he could uh, he could really emerge as the the lead back here now. Does it bump any of them up though? Like, dude, I don't know. I think this is another one of those teams. I'm just crossing off the board, man. Like, yeah, I mean their 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 rushing game has really been in dire straits since Shady left. Um, you know they've brought in these name guys that have just had some kind of baggage, whether it's injuries or what. But you know they just don't pan out. And again, I don't know if it's just the the full system thing that they were they were only really good because of the system they were in, but. <sighs> I, I don't know. It, it's it's another backfield that yeah I think I'm staying away from. Speaking of confusing backfields, the Seattle Seahawks. You know they brought in Andy Lacy and everybody was all excited and I don't know why, but I really never was. I'm thinking to myself like haven't we haven't we seen this movie before? Andy <laughs> like, Lacy comes in, everybody gets all excited. It sounds like he's you know he's he's on his weight goals. He's mat, he's meeting everything the team wants, and then Thomas Rawls comes in and they're going, oh maybe he's going to be the guy. And now as of today, Lacey and Rawls are listed as the co-starters. 
but you've also got ProSize, and you've also got this guy, Chris Carson. Who the hell is this guy? He's looked awesome in the preseason. He's looked like the best running back they have. And he played with the first team this past weekend, and he looked incredible. Uh, I, look, I'm not going out there and saying draft Chris Carson in the fifth round, but late round, last couple round flyer, maybe? I don't know, though. Because I feel like Carson's going to be one of those guys that, like, people are going to take a chance on the last two round or two. He's not going to play for the first couple weeks, and then, like, boom, he's going to blow up. But what's the likelihood that you hold on to him? Probably not a lot. So maybe just wait. But still, I mean, are you targeting Lacey or Rawls in your drafts? I mean, are, say eighth, ninth round. If, if Lacey's sitting there, are you taking him? Not Lacey. I like Rawls better than Lacey. Um but part of that's probably because I've been burned on uh, on a couple of teams with Lacey. But absolutely, me too. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? But I I just think that Rawls, you know, showed a couple of years ago that he's he's definitely got some explosiveness to him. Um, you know, we we already talked about Procise and and his boomer bust, mostly bust, uh, you know, output. Um, I, I don't know much about this Chris Carson guy, obviously, and and sounds like uh, not a lot of people knew about him until until now. So, yeah, I mean, if he's sitting there, maybe I'll take a late flyer on him. But, I mean, I have no problem still drafting Rawls. I think that he's going to be the lead back. You know, Carson may come in and, and show some flash for a couple games, and then people figure him out, and then he's going to be worthless the rest of the season. So, yeah, I mean, I think Lacey's going to go and, you know, eat a couple donuts and, and forget how to run the ball again. So I am kind of running the other way. And the last piece of news, not not huge for fantasy, you know, especially from the quarterback position, but Deshaun Kaiser looks like he's wrapped up the quarterback job in Cleveland. Look, I'm not drafting Kaiser, but, you know, people like Duke Johnson, people like Isaiah Crowell, people like Corey Coleman – and uh, Kenny Britt, do where do you see these guys' value going up or down at all? You know, like let's start with Crowell and, and Duke Johnson here. Um, where where do you where do you how do you see their value getting affected by Kaiser sitting there? I think it helps them um, because I actually looked at this earlier um, as a you know, prerequisite for my bold prediction, which will come out later, but uh, not on the show when, when you post it. But the, uh, the thing with Kaiser, you know, if you lock him in now, you're giving your team the continuity, you're knowing who's your starter and the guy can run. So I think this could be, you know, a very interesting uh, up-tempo offense. Um, You know, you got Corey Coleman coming back, from his injuries, I think he could have uh, a decent, you know, year having having Kaiser there. And I, I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. I didn't really believe in Kaiser as a, an NFL quarterback. I didn't think he was ready. Um, but I mean, he's played very well um, in in the preseason and obviously well enough to get the gig. So I think with Johnson and Crowell, it it, it helps them. You know, you're going to have a guy who's who's mobile. He can get out of the pocket if he needs to and if he's getting in trouble. And those are the guys that are going to be kind of sweeping out of the backfield, you know, 
waiting for that five, six yard little dink and dunk catch. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it hurts Crowell as it as much as it. I think it actually hurts to Johnson because I don't think that Kaiser is going to check down like the rest of those guys would. Kaiser seems to like to throw the ball downfield. You know, he's got a big arm. He's not very accurate, but he's got a big arm, and he likes to just try and go downfield with the ball. Maybe they're coaching him up. Maybe he does drop the ball off to Duke Johnson. I mean, he'd be kind of stupid not to. Um, but that's just kind of what I see. And as far as these receivers go, again, I just kind of said it. He's not very accurate, but he does like to go downfield. So, you know, I think you're going to have games where guys like Coleman have a huge games, guys like Britt have huge games. But I don't think it's going to be consistent enough that I'm going to really want these guys. Now, I mean, this just depends on where they fall in the draft. I'm not going to ignore them. But I'm not going to be like, oh, I have to go get them. You know, they, they'd yeah. have to fall in the right spot for me in order in order for me to take them. Well, the one the one thing to to look at too um, that I was alluding to when I was doing my my research there, the Cleveland quarterbacks. Now I didn't do exactly all of the research to check every single game and see who played when, but if you take all of the fantasy points scored by every Cleveland quarterback from last year, and then attribute that to to Kaiser maybe throw in some uh, some additional points for rushing yards or something like that, maybe a few extra touchdowns, he could easily be a top 20 quarterback. I think the points came in. Um, I was looking at a standard league, I believe, um, at like 222-ish, somewhere right around there. Bradford was 23 last year with 221.9. So, I mean, it, it's – easy to see if if he plays bad as the other Cleveland quarterbacks from last year and then gets like I said a little bit of an uptick from from rushing and and a few extra touchdowns there you know he could easily be a top 20 guy I mean that's not really saying much when you're in a team of 10 or 12 but it's something to think about and keep keep in in mind so hmm yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I can go there, man. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, I mean, Cleveland's just, dude, their dumpster fire. They've been for years. It's, it's sad. So anyway, man, let's, let's move on. Risers and fallers. You know, we, we've gone through pretty much the whole meaningful, if you want to call it that, preseason. And, you know, we've seen guys go up and down the draft boards, guys perform well, guys get injured, obviously. I don't want to talk about the injured guys. Um, But let's talk about some of these guys that because of performance and the way that they've, you know, showed up at camp or – you know, maybe other circumstances, they have either risen or fallen down the draft board. And the first guy I'm looking at here is Dalvin Cook. You know, Minnesota running back, rookie. Everybody knew this guy had talent, but he went to a team with Latavius Murray. They had McKinnon. Now they got rid of Asiata. Um, But, you know, so everybody, you know, kind of was like, well, I don't know with Cook. We'll see what happens. But 
this guy has looked incredible this preseason. In my mind, he's got the number one job, and he has just skyrocketed up draft boards. And, you know, I I think I closed it for some dumb reason, but, you know, he, he's going at the same range as, like, the, the Hunt now. The Hunt, you know, Kareem Hunt is now. He's going ahead of Mixon. He's going ahead of McCaffrey. Right there with like Fournette, and for me, I think he's a little bit ahead of Fournette. You know what? What's your take on on Dalvin Cook right now? I I love Cook, man. I I was still very upset that the Eagles didn't make their way up the draft board to try to nab him when Minnesota did. Um, you know, he he's got an obvious knack for for finding openings. You know he's got great vision. He's uh he's a strong back. I mean, I think he's definitely gonna exceed um, some expectations uh, for him. And I mean, I think a lot of people have pretty higher expectations, but I think his ceiling is, is very high and and definitely higher than Murray. I mean, Murray was so dependent on touchdowns. I feel like last year that. Yep. You know, you take those away and, and he was a pretty average running back. So I I, I like Cook and I, uh, I think he's gonna be awesome. Average might be nice, man. I don't know. Yeah, I um you know, something I, I, I never do I I took the plunge in my ten team league, man. I took him in the middle of the third round. So we're talking what, the twenty what I had I had the sixth pick, so that would have been the twenty-sixth pick. That's that's pretty early for me to take a rookie. I never do that, and yeah. I don't know, man. I was just looking at the guys around him and going, ah, "He's it. He's the guy. He's the guy, in Minnesota." Look, unless he, you know, unless he just has fumbling issues, which I know he did at Florida State. I just think he's gonna run away with his job, man. Like. Like you said, Murray's pretty average. Um, so another guy here that has been rising up the draft boards, Calvin Benjamin. I mean, he came into camp and everybody, you know, saw the pictures where he looked all bloated, running, you know, walking out with his teammates. Dude, this guy looks. I, I you know, I was watching the the Carolina game. He looks good again, and. He's getting the ball thrown to him. He's scoring touchdowns. He, look, I mean, let's be honest. He's still the only really good wide receiver on that team. It's even worse this year because at least last year they had like 10 getting to throw the ball to. They got rid of him. They let him go to New Orleans. You know, they're looking at like Devin Bunches as number two. Gross. Um, it, it's it's Kelvin Benjamin. That's it. Yeah. Man. That's all they got to throw the ball to. And then McCaffrey. You know, like that, that's all they're doing. Calvin I, I like has been like a good two, three rounds in the ADP. And I, I believe it, man. He's He's been moving up my draft boards big time. I'm still a little nervous. And I don't know if you are too because of the Cam Newton situation. You know, there is still slight worry 
maybe it's you know maybe it's the coaches trying to like throw people off here but you know they they're not they're not exactly praising the fact that Cam Newton looks fully healthy they're kind of saying like we're not really sure how his shoulder is going to hold up like that's not good um but you know i i think Kelvin Benjamin as you can see from the preseason is still able to get his even with Cam Newton not around so they at least have a, a and I can't even think of who their backup quarterback is right now, but he seems to be a little more capable than say Scott Tolzien from from Indy. So I feel a little more confident taking Kelvin Benjamin uh, than I would, you know, say maybe even a T.Y. Hilton at this point. Yeah, dude, I I, I think Benjamin's got to obviously to start the season a much more stable quarterback situation. Um, I just think he's he's a he's a big dude again. You know, he's he's got some drop issues, but as long as he can overcome some of that, he he's like you said, he's their main go-to guy. I mean, they've got a lot of these little you know role-playing receivers that can get a couple balls here and there, but they they're nothing you know that's really fantasy relevant. Um, you know, they may help the NFL side of it, but Benjamin Benjamin's the one to to go after I think after last year you know as his return year was a little underwhelming um but I I think he'll definitely be a solid solid receiver this year yeah um you know you mentioned the drops I mean yeah those suck but when you're going to be a huge volume guy like Kelvin Benjamin will you'll deal with like 10 to 13 drops a year um I guess like I said that the thing I do worry about is Cam Newton's not exactly the most accurate guy out there you know you add in a shoulder a possible lingering shoulder injury and it could be even worse and so that could suppress Benjamin's value um speaking of a guy who has a interesting quarterback situation to say the least we're looking at Devontae Parker, and his ADP has, as soon as Plummer, Plummer, wow, did I say that? Um, Cutler. Plummer? Damn, talk about I don't coming know, out of retirement. I don't know, I don't know where <laughs> that came from. I really don't. I really have no idea where that came from. Uh, Cutler, ever since he signed back in the middle of August, you have seen – Devontae Parker's ADP soar almost two and a half rounds. He went from end of the eighth to middle of the sixth in the span of two weeks. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty crazy. And for a look, for honestly, for good reason, man. Like the guy's got talent. We've seen it. Plays and Cutler likes to throw the ball downfield. So, you know, people loved Landry because Tannehill just dinks and dunks his way down the field, right? So Landry was just like a possession guy. He's going to catch 100 balls a year just about. And you you were loving it. And Parker was just kind of like a complimentary guy. But Parker might be the main guy there now with Cutler. And, you know, he had a 72-yard catch that almost fell into the end zone um, this past weekend. So... I think there's a lot of potential here, but I also think there's a lot of risk with this pick, especially where his ADP is going. I kind of wonder if it's getting a little out of control. What do you think? 
Yeah, I I think that's a very aggressive um, jump in in ADP for sure. I mean, Parker Parker's a pretty talented guy. I mean, he's definitely got the the speed receiver, you know, deep deep ball threat knack down. But um, and, and honestly, I I do think that I like Cutler better than I like Tannehill. Um, I mean, Tannehill's had some flashes, but whatever. Uh, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I'd, I'd much rather deal with the Cutler situation. I think he's going to be able to get Parker the ball, you know, when he needs to. But I don't think I'm necessarily looking for the guy in the sixth round. Yeah, I think there's going to be other guys around that territory that that I'm more comfortable drafting. You know, I'm 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 looking at where the ADP is for him right now, and it's funny he has actually jumped Landry in ADP, which just seems insane. But you know, you're looking at guys like Crowder, Snead, Sanders is even below him. Diggs is like right in front of him. I'm taking those guys ahead of him all day long. I just I'm not really sure I trust it yet. Like, at least with those guys, you've seen it. With Parker, we haven't seen it yet. I'm a, I'm a little bit more about what have you done to prove to me that you can do this. Now, with running backs, I get it. You know, with running backs, it's if the opportunity is there, you can do it most times. You know, like, and that's why you see these rookies getting drafted high because the opportunity is going to be there and the volume is going to be there. And unless they just fall flat on their face, which it does happen, they're going to return at least moderate, at least half of the, what you drafted them, you know, but receivers, we see it time and time again. We buy into the hype of all oh, this quarterback is going to throw in the ball and he's going to be a big playmaker and then he ends up going three for 50 every week. And you're going, what the hell? So it doesn't equate sometimes with receivers like it does running back. So I want to see, I want to draft a guy in the first eight rounds for receivers and running backs, you know, or at least specifically receivers, a guy who's done it before. And I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with doing, with drafting Parker where he is. You know, when he was at the bottom of the eighth round, I would have been perfectly fine with it. But beginning of sixth, you know, maybe even fifth round now at this point, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, uh, I'll let somebody else deal with that. Yeah. So another guy that's kind of going up the draft boards, maybe not as fast as he should be, is uh, is Fat Rob, man. Rob Kelly. Um, which maybe his ADP is climbing pretty quick. You know, Samaje Perrine. Perrine was supposed to be the guy who was supposed to come in and take his job. Um, but, you know, since the beginning of August, his ADP has steadily risen into the seventh round. Now, that actually might be a little aggressive for me. You know, I, I've been finding him pretty late in, in all the mocks I've been doing and have been pretty happy with it. Um, but, I mean, let, let's be honest. Perrine's looked awful. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Uh, they still got Chris Thompson. He's a pass catcher. That's all he's going to be. As much as Rob Kelly doesn't excite me, he's 
going to get this, uh, you know, the bulk of the workload, if not all, if not all of it, for you know the first at least first two, uh, the first two um, um, downs, but seventh round is for a guy who's going to be your, going to be a starting running back in the NFL for at least the foreseeable future. Is that something you're willing to do? I kind of think it is actually. The more I think about it, yeah. I- I would prefer to not have to, you know, go out and get him in the seventh, but I'm not opposed to it. I mean, by that point, he would potentially be, you know, my third running back. I'd have probably two, you know, three receivers, maybe a tight end and a quarterback. Yeah, so I'm okay going after him there. I mean, I mean I'd, I'd guys... prefer to do it later, but. Well, let's, I'm just looking at, and then I'm just looking at just the running backs that are going right in front of him and right below him. Are you looking at Blunt still, McFadden, Derrick Henry, and those are guys going right in front of him. Right underneath of them are Tevin Coleman, Paul Perkins, Frank Gore, Terrence West. I mean, who who out of those guys would you you know much rather have than Rob Kelly? And Grant, I, I would think you probably take Henry over Kelly. Just yeah, I because I, I think he's, he's going to eventually get more of the carries, but um, yeah, the guys behind him, I, I don't, I'd be, I'd be happier with him, I think. Yeah, the only guy that kind of intrigues me out of that list is maybe a Paul Perkins, but dude, he just doesn't really do it for me. Terrence West is kind of one of those guys where it's like, I know that Danny Woodhead is there. But Terrence West is going to be the main runner. But I don't know. I'm not excited about him either. I mean, the Ravens running game hasn't been good for two years. So, um, not super excited there. All right. So let's talk about just a couple guys here to finish off the show that are falling down the draft boards. And start with a rookie who I mentioned already, and that's Leonard Fournette. Um, not drastically falling down the draft board. I mean, we're talking like half of a round, but when you're talking where he was being drafted, which is the middle of the second, um, he's now fallen to the back of the second. And I think a lot of this has to do with the foot injury and, you know, talk about ivory and, you know, it's still going to be around. And then Bortles possibly not getting the job, and now he is getting the job. I mean, the team's kind of in disarray. I think it's more the injury than anything. But, I mean, are, are you still looking at Leonard Fournette, you know, say above a, a lot of these guys that he's going around here? So let me go back to the list. You know, you're, you're looking at still needing to draft him before Marshawn Lynch, before Crowell, before McCaffrey, before Cook, before – Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde and and those types of guys, you know, are, is that something you're willing to do? Probably not. Um, I do like Fournette. I like his upside, um, and I think Jacksonville is a team in general on the rise. But they definitely need to solidify their quarterback position, figure out what the hell's going on there. Um, you know, the defense is, has got a lot of young talent. I think that, that Fournette is more of a, 
late second, early third pick initially. You know, that that's where I was kind of looking at him, but everybody was so pumped up on him that his ADP, you know, was way higher than that. So if he's sitting there and I have like a turn pick, you know, for the second, third, um, or, or an early pick in the third and he's still there, I'll, I'll definitely go after him. But I mean, I like Lynch this year. Um, Lamar Miller, maybe, but yeah, I, I, I think he's, uh, He's definitely – he was already above his – where I thought he should have been. Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of right there where, where I where I would want him. Um, I just <laughs> – for some reason, I'm a little gun-shy on him, and so I kind of think I might take somebody just under him who I feel more comfortable with. I think the upside with Fournette is there that – some of these other guys may not have, and that's why his AVP still stays there for me. Um, but he, but he does make me nervous. I mean, he's had a bunch of injuries in college, and you know, we, it seems like we barely saw him play his senior year, or junior year, whatever it was. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and the fact that those same foot injuries just keep lingering for him really makes me nervous. Um, so yeah, another running back rookie guy here. Uh, Joe Mixon, you know, everybody, man, was just like, oh, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, he's going to be the guy. He's awesome. I get it, man. I absolutely get it. I've seen this guy run. He looks awesome. But, uh, you know, since the end of – since the end of July, you know, we, we've seen his ADP fall, uh, you know, a good half around just the same as Fournette did. So not not drastic, but enough that like you know some guys that have some guys have jumped him. Uh, so now you know he's going around that fourth round territory, and instead of the the third round, you know because you keep hearing that Jeremy Hill is going to stick around, Gio Bernard is now healthy, which wasn't expected early on. So you know things like that are just dropping his value. It, at this point, do you think that that he is actually a true value pick? because of this or is this kind of thinking, you know, this is where you think he should be? I mean, I, I get it that the guy's got a lot of talent. He's a great runner. He was potentially the best running back in, you know, best complete back in this year's draft. And there was a ton of running backs. Um, But I, I like him more in the fifth round. Um, you know, I, I just, I probably won't end up getting him on a lot of teams because, you know, Jeremy Hill is not a bad running back. Um, I mean, he's, he's always kind of been in that timeshare with Gio and depending on how the games were going, it was more the, you know, the passing to Gio. So I just still, if if those guys are there, I just feel like rookies, go to Cincinnati to not play. Um, I mean, you look at at, uh, Tyler Boyd last year, he got some playing time, but, you know, they had Brandon LaFell come in and and be more of a factor. Uh, Obviously, A.J. Green is is their main go-to, and and Eifert, if he's healthy. Um, But it's the same thing with the running game. I think their go-to is going to be Hill 
and and Geo. I mean, if anything, he could probably surpass Geo, but I, I don't want to spend that much of a draft pick on him, that high of a draft pick on on an unknown. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, people seem to like him more than me. And so I'm with you there. I'm I'm not really loving it. In fact, I kind of love taking Jeremy Hill super late in drafts because nobody wants him for some reason. And I'm just like, fine, 12th round, I'll take him, bring him here all day. Like, uh, what do you have to lose taking a starting running back in the 12th round? Like, that's insane. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm more than fine doing that. You know, I, so – the last guy I want to talk about here, you know, we talked about him obviously when the news broke, but it, it is interesting to see where his ADP has gone. And that's Sammy Watkins. Watkins. When he was with the Bills, it was third round, end of third round, early fourth round, all day for Sammy Watkins, even with the injury risk. As soon as he went to the Rams, it has been downhill from there. And now his ADP is the beginning of the sixth round. So he has dropped a full two rounds. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can still even pull the trigger there. I mean, you're still looking at guys. I mean, this is the same territory that we were talking about before, where it's Stefan Diggs behind him, Devontae Parker slightly behind him, Landry slightly behind him, Crowder and Sneed. I think I like all of those guys more than Watkins at this point. I just don't like the Rams. Goff looks bad. And Goff seems to like Cooper Cup better from what we've seen in the preseason. Yeah, I I would have no problem taking any of those other receivers before Watkins. Uh, you know, he's another guy I probably won't own because – someone else is going to like go after him, And you know what? You can have that. I'm going to play in four games out of this season and just waste a bench <laughs> or IR spot for you. Um, it, you know, simple case of a, a lot of what we talk about, you know, when they're on the field and healthy, they're awesome, but they're not really on the field. So, you know, I, I just don't see the Rams completely doing a 180 here and becoming this force to be reckoned with all of a sudden. Um, I, I do think that golf will, will definitely have an improved year. I mean, that's not really hard to do. I feel like just tying his cleat and coming out of the locker room is a step up from what he did last year. So, but I, I do think he's going to need to throw the ball He's going to have to find a reliable receiver and, you know, Cup could be that guy and, and Watkins be more, you know, a, a side guy, but Watkins is the guy who you know of talent. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of, kind of where I look at it. Yeah. I, I feel you, man. I, I'm not, I'm not loving Watkins. I, you know, I know the talent is there. And you know, when he's on the field, especially when he was uh, with Buffalo and Tyrod, he made plays, man. He made big-time plays. And 
it's just, you know, the injury risk. Now he's downgraded at quarterback, downgraded in team, although maybe not with what the Bills have done lately. But this is something about it that doesn't feel right to me. And I'm, you're, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I just feel like somebody else is going to take the plunge because they just see Sammy Watkins' name and they just are going to go take him. Thinking, oh my God, he's there. I'm going to take him. He's the guy. Yeah, Enjoy. I, I definitely see it happening. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anybody else that I'm looking at here that, I mean, we've kind of already talked about a lot of these guys DeMarco Murray, Jay Jaye. You know, I'm not necessarily loving these guys. Hilton. Eh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, Gur- I mean Gurley's so another Hilton. one. I just don't. I, I mean, he's he's listed as the 19th, not necessarily 19th, but he's the 19th player on the ESPN projection thing. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just think that, that until Goff steps up and shows that he can, you know, manage this offense and, and make defenses, you know, think about the past, then Gurley's going to be in trouble. You know, he's just someone else I don't want on my team. Um, you know, Amari I've Cooper, I've talked Gurley. about before. I've seen, seen Gurley go in the first round of multiple mock drafts, and it shocks me every time. I don't know how it's happened. It don't get it. Me every time. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't get I that at all. I can't. I can't do it. I will not do it. Who was their quarterback two years ago when he had a decent year? Why am I blanking on who the Rams had? Uh, no idea. <laughs> I, I, like don't, 20, I don't pay attention to Rams. Would have been the 2015 um, Rams, right? Yes. So, Nick, was it Foles? Foles was there. Case Keenum, maybe. But I feel like Keenum was there more last year. I mean, like, like all these, both of those guys seem to be a little more capable than than golf, and yeah, and yeah, it's it wasn't good. So yeah, it looks like it was Nick Foles last or two years ago. I mean, look, he didn't have a good year, period. But it seemed to not affect him. It seemed to not affect Gurley as much as it did last year for whatever reason. And yeah. Just, yeah, man, it's – I don't know. It's – the whole the whole Rams – yeah, last year was Case Keenum before they switched over, and Case yeah, Keenum was probably right. worse. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm totally with you on, on the golf thing. I mean, people, if people want to take him that early. I mean, look, if he falls me like the end of the second, beginning of the third, I might take the plunge, but there's probably guys that I feel more comfortable with. But – that's not a terrible place to get him. Um, first round, early second, that just – there's way too many more reliable players that you can get in that second round before you get to the end of it that I like a lot more than Gurley. So that's, that's one thing. Like, I, I don't mind reaching for a little bit of upside – in your drafts, but it's something I will never do in the 
first few rounds. I'm not reaching in the first few rounds. You know, like, look, I'm not an ADP snob. I, I'm not looking right at ADP. I'm not looking at rankings and going, this is what I have to pick. Here's, you know, this is what's next. I'm doing it this is the way it has to be. I want safe, reliable, and Bob Long will love me for this, consistent players early in my drafts. Consistency matters so much with your early picks. If you don't have guys that consistently give you elite points in your first few picks, you have to hit so many other picks later in your draft in order to make up for that early round. What I like to do is take a little more safety in the beginning, a little more reliability at the beginning, and then take some chances later on. Take the guy around early because you think he's got massive upside over some, over some guy who's going to get average you six points a week. Because what are you going to lose? You know, an extra couple points, you might have to drop him for a free agency guy who might be better anyway. So that's the way I approach it. Don't go crazy early on and thinking like you're going to hit a home run and win your win your league because your second round pick is going to like outperform his ADP. He's going to outperform his ADP by a round. That's all you got. Don't go crazy with it. Don't think he's going to be you know the basically if you draft Gurley in the first round, you're thinking he's like a top 5 running back. There's no reason why you should be drafting him where he is, where where, where you're getting him in the first round. Yeah. So no thanks. Yeah, not at all. Anyway, man, that's all we got for the show. Uh, next week, we will be getting prepared for Week One officially. Week One, talking about matchups, you know, rankings, all that kind of good stuff that we normally do for the to get you prepared for your first week of the fantasy football season. If you have a draft this weekend or early next week, hit us up on Twitter and ask us some questions. Go to fantasy6pack.net and read the articles, so-called fantasyexperts.com, read the articles, click on the Fantasy Pros links, Sign up. It is a must-have tool. I guarantee you, you will love it. And just rock out your drafts, man. Uh, hope everybody kills it. And that's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, I hope everybody kills it that's not playing against me. <laughs> well, but yeah. sorry. We, we, all, we all will. Again. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh-huh. All right, man. That's all we got for the show. See you all next week. All right. Take it easy.